Hey everyone, glad you're listening. Have a very important uh, podcast today about problems. Everybody has them. Bible talks about them. And uh, God has ways to overcome them. Some practical steps. Uh, this is on problems. Everybody's always got a good supply of problems to go around. I'm about, I guess, 90% trouble-free, maybe more than that. Uh, I mean, we always have some little car thing or, you know, uh, bill or something. But major problems, uh, most of the time, no. And sometimes they happen, and that's just in the world. And don't worry if you don't have problems, you will have, because that's how life is. So, here we have the first problem. It's an interesting thing, and it's a particular problem. You know, we say whenever you ask God something, he answers yes, he answers no or he answers wait. Uh, and this one's kind of a little bit of a mix here. You don't find this very often. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul has a thorn in the flesh. I believe it was an eye problem. He told the people, if it was possible, you would have taken your own eyes out and given them to me. That's in the Bible. Uh, something was wrong with his eyes. Maybe one he was stoned. I don't know. But it was a thorn. It was in his flesh. And he's begging God to take it away. And God says, no, but I will give you something else, which he didn't want. But he ends up taking it and being glad he did. Chapter 12, 2 Corinthians, verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. In other words, have a bunch of pride, a lot of pride. He had wrote most of the New Testament. He wrote certainly more than any other writer and all these revelations. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Now he wasn't asking for grace. He just wanted the problem to go away. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly... Uh, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I, I am strong. We'll keep our places and pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness. Bring out the things you want this day. And it is a special day. We honor our mothers and so we should. God, uh, may we honor our fathers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Yeah, in the world you're going to have problems. And here's the problem. And so the first problem is, what are you going to do about this problem? Have you ever considered the fact God is never going to get rid of that problem? And there are people who have problems that they just never go away. And uh, a lot of things do, do go away. Some don't. But God says, I've got something else for you. <clears throat> it's called grace. Now, by the grace of God, I am what I am. The grace saves you, and the grace can empower you. Yet I labored more abundantly than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. That was laboring. And the grace of God which teaches us, teaches us, denying ungodly lives, uh, and to live soberly and righteous in this present world. The grace of God can teach you. The grace of God can save you. It does. And the grace of God can empower you to work and labor more abundantly than all the others, he said. And here he says, you've got a thorn in your flesh. It hurts. It's painful. And I'll give you grace. Now, what do you want? A thorn in the flesh and no grace? Or do you want a thorn in the flesh and grace? It's not, well, okay. Okay, I'll take the grace. Pretty easy, right? It should be an easy decision. Unfortunately, some of us just keep saying no. And he's the apostle Paul. It took him three times to get it. And God says, no, no, no. But I, I can tell you again, I got grace. So he's thinking about it. Finally, he says, well, you know, if I can't get, no, you're not getting rid of it. But I can have grace. Grace isn't forced. It has to be received. And if you don't want it, he won't give it to you. 
And uh, he's knocking on somebody's heart door to give him the grace for salvation. And he's going to give you some grace for your problem. You know, they went to Mara on the, on the wilderness journey as a bitter water. And, and what did he do? He says that God showed him a stick. He threw it in there and it was made sweet. Okay? I'm telling you, some of us just need some grace. I don't want this cloud hanging over my head the rest of your life. Well, guess what? You can get an umbrella. Guess what? You know, we live in Washington State. Amen? Man, if you see Mount Rainier, it's going to rain. If you don't see it, it's raining. That's all there's to it. <laughs> we got to figure it out. We know about this state. Don't it, get used to it or get out of it. I mean, that's the way it is, buddy. We're not going to change it. Hey, you can have grace. I had a, uh, in this church here, I had three, in six years, I had three problems that bang, stung me two days and two days and two days and two of my own fault. I did some stupid, said some stupid things. I had to ask forgiveness. I didn't want to do that, but I had to do that. That's how I got out of it. There are a few things that God said, this ain't never going to go away. I just got to be unhappy the rest of my life. No, I can give you grace for it. But you're going to have to ask for it. And you're going to have to want it. And I will gladly give it to you. My grace is sufficient for you. Better than any pill any doctor can give you, any psycho ward can give you, or anybody can give you in a bottle or a pill. Point number one, you can have your problem and no grace. Or you can have your problem with grace. Which do you choose? Hello? So you've got to go run on, get on your knees and pray and ask God, well, God says, if you're not, if you're not going to get rid of it, then I would like some grace and help me through this problem. <sighs> you can walk on water when you're looking at Jesus. Amen. That's what Peter did. Turn with me to John 16, verse 33. We have two more places after John 16. These are important verses. I hope you keep up with me. John 16 and verse number 33. And here we have something. He's, this is written to everybody on the planet. This is not written to, to just lost people. It's written to atheists and the best believer and everybody in between. <clears throat> And John chapter 16 tells us something about problems. I don't have your problems. And it is easier for me to talk about your problems than it is <coughs> for you. And, and vice versa. But you don't want some of my problems, and, and, and I don't want some of your problems. Everybody has a cross to bear. Amen? And so, uh, you know, it's, 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 you're, not, you're not so special. The uh, Bible says the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren which are in the world. You're not so special. I, was in, I don't know why in Bible college, I, several problems I had. I really honestly thought, I'm the only one on the planet with this kind of a problem. And I look back now and I laugh. It wasn't even nothing. But at the time, it really bothered me. Well, you know, and I, I, I think I had a message on praying and, and putting things, casting all your care upon him. He cares for you and getting it into the Lord's hand. But you're not so special. There's other people that had your problem. And there's a lot of other people had a lot worse problem. Everybody doesn't have the same size cross. I guarantee you. I see, I see these beggars and I see them with both legs missing. And guys using their, their arms like, you know, they're swinging their trunk of their body, you know, like that. And good night. I got nothing to complain about. I, I, I actually think that maybe I'm wrong. But I, sometimes I think God leaves these handicapped people around physically and mentally. So we'll stop complaining so much. So you got no problems. They got problems. So anyway, uh, John chapter 16 and verse number uh, uh, 33, last verse there. These things have I written and spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have fun and everything's going to be just like Disneyland. <laughs> in the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I'm going to be good cheer, I'm going to have troubles. Yeah, but I overcame the world, so you can have good cheer now. Why should I be happy? Because he, my Savior, overcame it. Because if I follow the ways he overcame, I will have good cheer. Jesus went to the cross, despising the shame, didn't want to go. 
You can argue about it, but he didn't want to drink the cup. I do know that. And, and didn't want to drink that cup. And Lord, Pat, no, you have to drink this one. We're never going to save anybody here. And he drank the cup. He despised the shame. He suffered for the joy that was set before him. Three days later, he did what nobody else ever done. He conquered death under his own power. And now he's, because he lives, we can live also. But he went through lots of problems. So as a pastor, I had three problems again. And though they weren't two days, they were two weeks, two weeks, and two weeks. And one of them was very painful. It was a church split, and uh, it was my own fault. I let somebody join the church. I should not have let join the church as a pastor. Don't think well, everybody's welcome to join church. Everybody is not welcome to join the church. There are wolves that come to you in sheep's clothing. And I was an idiot, and I was going to win this guy with my charm and personality, but he just about ate my lunch. And so uh, Jesus doesn't win them. You're not going to win them. That's life. Mm -hmm. And you got these guys jumping around. They're not happy with the last church, and they're not going to be happy here, and they won't be happy where they go because the problem isn't any church there, and the problem right in here. They're not going to get any grace until you can admit you got a problem. L lady in our church over there is a good, godly lady. She's got some, she doesn't exactly have a porcupine personality, but she's got some rough edges on her and acting nice. And then she comes to my wife, she says, This lady, she won't talk to me. She just doesn't like me in the church. She just doesn't, I don't know what to do about it. My wife says, What does the Bible do? Do good to them that hate you. Go buy her a little girl. I couldn't do that. She says, Yeah, you can. You can go buy her a little girl. Just buy her some chocolate or something. She did that and she comes back to my wife. She says, Oh, she likes me. We're taught, we're friends now. <laughs> well, and she's had to be the Bible. You're not getting out of problems in the world. Well, this isn't such a wonderful place. Well, it's not heaven. How many people, they actually thought they were going to have heaven. They thought, man, the day I get out of the house and no more daddy and mommy, everything's going to be cool. <laughs> and they joined the military. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry for those guys. I think I told you the guy in the military, we were at boot camp, and he jumped over the wrong fence and jumped into the Marine boot camp. <laughs> Big mistake. He had a lot bigger problem. He should have stayed where he was at. No, you're not going to run away. But if you follow the Bible, listen, you say, I messed up. Okay, yeah, we've all messed up some way. But get back on track and go by the book and God will bless you. Turn with me. It's really important. Very important here. It's all kind of be tied together. Ephesians chapter uh, 5, I believe it is. Talking about 6. Talking about problems. It's talking about problems that are persistent problems. Ephesians chapter 6 here. I was in this church 30 years ago. And this church got hit with six major problems, right in a row. Bang, 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 bang. And the last one was the hardest one. It's like, you know, it rains, it pours. And it's like the devil saved his best punch for the end. And the church, in my opinion, was stunned. It was like this. I want to go to church because church doesn't have tribulation. The church in the world, yeah, it's going to have tribulations. Your family in the world? Are you in this world? Yeah, okay. Hey, we're not in hell, thank God, but we're not in heaven either. And in this place, you have tribulation. A lot of people in hell wish they could have our tribulations, my friend. I don't want them. But I have to have grace, sometimes patience. Sometimes he'll just pull us up out of the deep. But here it has an interesting thought. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 11 it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, and I circle that word, if you haven't done it already in your Bible, stand against the wiles of the devil. The tricks of the devil. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. My friend, we are doing some wrestling, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Devil's going to go around and see what he can do to wipe you out, to, to, to crush you. I think it would be easier to knock over an oak tree when it's only a few days old and just wipe it out. Not going to do that when it's 60, 70, 80, 100 years old, however old they get. Get stronger. And the devil has tricks and he thinks he does. What does the Bible say about resisting the devil? You don't have to run from him. Run from temptation. Don't go to the parties and prove how strong you are. That shows how unwise you are. Avoid and lead us not into temptation. Don't, but resist the devil and he will run from, he will flee from you. Most of the problems are not solved by running away from them. Very, very, I'm not even sure if they are. Maybe there's, use your head and get out of the way of some car coming at you. I mean, something simple. But basically, I mean, Elijah ran away. That's interesting. Elijah ran away because Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you in 24 hours. That's what she said. I'm not too sure. Are there other places where somebody sends a death threat in the Bible? There must be, but I can't think of one. And God says, he ain't never going to die, lady. (laughs) He never did die. He's one of two people who got raptured, Enoch and Elijah. And he runs to Mount Sinai. He's going to go to a spiritual retreat. And he goes into a cave. And God calls him outside. He says, come on outside. What? What are you doing here? I've got a problem. You don't know what kind of problems i got. Big I want to kill it. They killed everybody. Now they want to kill me. I'm the only one serving you, Lord. God says, no, you're not the only one serving me. And I want you to go back. And he tells him the same speech two times in a row. Like, I didn't get it the first time. God, you ever done that in your prayer? And God just doesn't be. And God says, hello. Okay, really. Listen. And God says, Twice to him, what doest thou here, Elijah? Nothing. And you're not dead, and I still want to use you, so go back. You don't run away from your problems. Brother Tyree, Russell Tyree, he's in his church. He had problems in it over 30 years ago. He says there's some situations, and he couldn't face them. He left. I don't know. I think it was two or three years. He said he came back. I don't know the exact time, but he came back and says, Brother Matheny, the exact same Problems were there, but I did work them out, and now I love this place. Sometimes problems are designed to fix your problem. I'm fully convinced that some men will never get, and some ladies maybe, will never get their heart right with God unless they go through a tragic, terrible fight. I wish it wasn't, they don't have to, but because they can't admit they're wrong. And they won't go to marriage counseling because they're too proudful. And they go ahead and blow up everything. So, verse number 12. We wrestle not against this, but against spiritual weakness in high places. 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able, and I have this word circle, withstand. It was stand, now it's withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand again, I circle that. And then we have it again. Stand four times. Stand, withstand, stand, and stand. You think you're trying to get stand there for? You think he's getting the point across? What do you got to do? The devil's going to come along. He's going to give the last hit. Maybe it'll be a phone call, something unexpected. You lost your job. You lost your wife. You lost something. It's going to, everything's just hunky-dory, copacetic. Nothing can go wrong. And the devil says, really? Especially when you think that. And he's going to knock you on the ground. Now, here's the big question. What are you going to do about it? 
Maybe some of you are in church because you got knocked on the ground. He told me to stand. Resist him and he'll flee from me. It's time for church, honey. Let's go. Devil's going to say, this guy's crazy. Let's go bother somebody else. If I just pray, you take care of all my problems. Well, sometimes he can do it. He could always do it, but he doesn't usually do it. And he told us, no, in the world, I'm going to let you have it. It's the way it is. This place has been cursed ever since Genesis chapter 3. But I've overcome this place, and you should be happy because if you follow my ways, I can help you overcome it. But one of the things you got to do, sometimes there's an evil day. Not every day is the same. You ever have somebody say, you should be happy. I'm just so happy all the time. Had somebody tell me that. Who? <laughs> oh boy! And the very next day, I thought I'm going to remember that. <laughs> the very next day, he had a problem. He was on a big long face, like I had the day before. I walked up. You should be happy. Lord's good. Smile, brother. And I walked away. <laughs> See, that's supposed to way you're supposed to handle it that way. No, but I felt good telling him. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Jesus walked around with a smile on his face all the time and never cried. <laughs> what Bible are you reading? <laughs> Man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But he overcame it for us and said, now I can tell you how to overcome. Where do you tell? It's in this black book, the Holy Bible. Amen. Last place. I'm going to tie this all together, please. Matthew chapter 7. Let's go over to Matthew 7 and put this all together here. Matthew chapter 7. Hey, you can have a problem and no grace, or you can have a problem with grace. Well, I want the grace. And this world, there's no getting out of it. Everybody, atheists or believers, has tribulation. But if we follow the Bible, we can overcome it. And when there's an evil day, and there are some days that are worse than others, young people, you know what you're going to do? You're just going to keep standing. Keep standing. You're just going to keep standing. And finally, you're just going to keep standing anyway. And guess what? The devil's going to leave you alone. We had... Five major problems. They weren't two days or two week problems. They were two months to five month problems. Two of them, I didn't know if I was going to stay in the country the first five years. They purposely stopped signing my visa. The American Embassy got involved and they wrote up a human rights violation against because of how they were treating me. I was, I was impressed. <laughs> that verse in the Bible nobody can shut this door. It's open. Just go through it. Don't run home. Praise God. He got us through it all. Hmm. I didn't like it at the time, but yeah, it was nice to come through it. And I'm sure, you know, how would you feel if you ran away? Huh? I'm, I'm away from that problem. Like somebody run, robbing a bank and he runs away. You're never over that. You're the rest of your life. You're looking over your shoulder. You don't know. You just stand. Now we're over here in Matthew chapter 7, and two people, the exact same problems, and surprisingly, both of them knew what they were supposed to do. Both of them heard the scriptures, but only one obeyed it. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, the end of Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock. The song of standing on the rock of ages. Well, that means you're doing what the rock of ages says. Because whoever does these sayings of mine is the wise man who built his house. Both of them are building a house now. One's building it on a rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. 
And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Now the other man also, verse number 26, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, he heard them. He knew what the Bible said. He had gone to church, quote unquote, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains also came, and the floods also came, and the winds also came, and they also beat upon his house, which he was building, but it fell. So, my goodness, what is God telling us about problems? They had the exact same problems. And they both knew what the Bible says. That's the thing that got me. It didn't fall because, oh, if we could have just told him, it didn't do any good to tell him. He didn't take it to heart. He didn't do what he's supposed to do. What is the fifth commandment? Somebody tell me. Honor who? And your mother. I went to little kids this morning. He said, Father's Day. Here's what you got to do. You want to honor your father? Yeah. So, okay, go home and do something you know, already know he wants you to do and do it without him telling you to do it. And you will honor him. Writing notes. You know, it's not that hard to do. I write him a note. Do what he wants. I woke up from a, almost my deathbed in two, Everett, Washington after two bad car wrecks. I used to have nightmares. I used to actually have nightmares about getting in car wrecks. And my only concern in the, night, in the nightmare was... <laughs> how self-centered I was. My only concern wasn't it. I wasn't even really concerned if I was hurt, if somebody else was hurt. I had this dream. I only had one concern. I hope it's not my fault again. I had two bad car wrecks and they're both my fault. I was always blaming things and other people left when I had a bridge. There's no way to blame it. The officer, the bridge just jumped out in front of me. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> and my dad came there and his, his second day almost died. They said, you know, you better come down here. And I was losing blood in my kidney, and I woke up, and my dad's looking at a really disgusted look on his face, like, what am I doing raising these kids? And I made a decision right there. I was going to obey the Bible. I actually did, but I didn't know it. I said to myself, I'm going to do what he wants me to do for a while. Honor your father. I didn't know. I didn't even think about the Bible, but I was going to honor him. I got out of there, and a few months later, after that, I got a cast off my leg from that wreck, too. And, and he says, Gary, you ought to go into the military. And I said, okay. And he goes, uh, really? Yeah. Okay, let's get in the car right now. Let's go. He was afraid of my friends are all on drugs. They're going the wrong. I was whole plants on drugs. Aren't you glad you, know, you guys are on drugs? Aren't you glad you don't have to shoplift and steal from people? You can pay for your stinking drug habit. They ain't free for them. There's the biggest slaves. You know why I became a diver? I told you about being a diver in the Navy. You know why I became a diver? My dad just liked the movie Sea Hunt. That's the only reason I did. <laughs> and Lloyd Bridges, and he'd go in there, and he told me one time we were watching Sea Hunt. It was a half an hour program. I don't have any more, I'm sure. But he said, Gary, we had to go scuba diving sometime. I go, hmm, I don't have no desire. I really enjoyed it. I really did have fun going doing it. But I wouldn't have done it because, except for, well, he likes it. I'm going to do something, make him happy. I joined the military. I would never have signed my life away for six years to have people scream and holler at me in the military, but daddy wanted me to go, so I went. And it wasn't so bad. Boot camp was like, <laughs> never been in jail, but it can't be much worse than that place. <laughs> and I signed my life away, and dad goes, huh, that's pretty good. That's real good, son. Okay. So uh, one day I put in this little, they, uh, they call them um, request, and I go in there, and I say, I want to go on diving, and I got that accepted. And I told my dad, and mom, mom said, your dad's so proud of you. He's so proud of you. I said, good. Just all I wanted to do. Make him ha happy Father's Day. I got this guy in this missionaries over there in Romania. 
I had him. I said, listen, you go down there. You don't know the language yet. And we have this uh, guy. He's a, he's a Romanian. He can speak English. He'll translate for you. I think he's going to be a preacher someday. And we start this year. Just go there. And, and uh, the lady across the street, we had kids that take their sticks. They go click, 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 click. And all their buddy. And this lady hated them. And she just she's climbing, hollering, calling the police out there. And we weren't breaking any law. And I told the missionary, I said, why don't you go over there and do good to them that hate you? It won't work. What? It won't work. I said, this black book says to do it. But it won't work. She'll never accept that. Do something good. It won't, it won't work. Does it matter? You won't work. The black book says, Preacher, I really liked your message last week. I like your messages anyway, but if you got a copy of that message, we're going to do it because this book says, that's why we're here. We're here to hear, are they Gary? Your pastor? No, we're here to hear what this book said. I got a whole lot of different paths in my life and a whole lot of things I wouldn't have done except this book says to do it and I will bless thee. Honor thy father and mother that it may be well with thee. It's an eternal promise. He said it won't work. I said, it doesn't even matter if it don't work. It just says to do it then you can be happy. I got the translator. Here's some money. Take you and your wife. Go buy some chocolates and flowers and give it to the lady across the street. What if she doesn't accept? Then you can take it home and eat the flowers and give your wife the chocolate. <laughs> so he went across the street and he gave her this and they were thinking, hi, she goes, this is for me? Yeah, oh, come in. They had tea, you know, and coffee. And so, and then the kids came to the very next service go click, 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 click. And she goes, she fast, just, they have these storm surges, throws them up. And she's going like, then Patrick is this Romanian guy standing, she's, he's waving at her. And she, she goes, that was that. Of course, you don't always want to do it. Of course, it's not you. But he doesn't say, whatever you want to do. We do a, we're here to give you the light of what he wants us to do. You know, former pastor I had, he got a phone call one day. He wanted to sell this car to somebody. He put an ad. There's a firm price. A guy comes over, and he looks at the car. He just wanted the car for $250 cheaper. You argue, and pastor says, listen, I'm sorry. You know, it's a price. I said firm. I'm not changing the price. Maybe there was a little pride. I don't know what the deal was. He was going to buy it for $250 less than what he advertised for. And he said, I'm not selling it for that. So he left. And then he comes back and he says, well, I've looked under the car and there's a little oil here. He says, sir, that's the price. Do you want it or not? I'm not changing it. So he took it. And he goes down there to cash the check and there was no money to back it up. So he calls the guy up and he gets the, pa- uh, the boss and he says, what do you want to speak to this worker here? He says, well, he wrote me a hot check. I want to talk to him. So I'll get him. He'll call you back. He called him back about 15 minutes later and heard a voice he never heard before. As a lawyer said, we're suing you for defamation of character. Because you go down there and you check and we can prove the money's there right now. And you're getting sued unless you want to give my client $250 back for that car. Hmm. He was hot. My preacher said, Brother Gary, I want you to go down there and I want you to hold him and I'm going to hit him. And I go. <laughs> what, what verse is that in, Pastor Nolan? I don't remember reading that one. Well, it's a good one. It should be there. No, he didn't do it. He did say that. He was kidding, I think. Anyway, we go down there. And I'm, he's, I went kind of, well, I didn't say nothing. So this guy's a big guy, too. And Pastor Nolan gave him the money. He starts to watch. He says, wait a minute, sir. And he pulls out of his pocket a lot of money. I was proud of him. You know, the Bible says someone takes you to the court of law and takes away your coat. Don't give him one inch more, not one cent more, and you can be miserable and happy the rest of your life. But on the other hand, if you want to read the Bible, 
If they take away your cloak, let them have your coat also. Give them more than what they've asked for. Well, that's just, that's just, that's what it says. Now, I've made this right with you and here. And here's what the man said. I remember very clearly that day. He goes, what's this? God just put it in my heart to give it to you. Please take this. And he wanted money. And so he looks at it. He goes, and he knew my preacher was a pastor. I'm going to give this money to my church. You know what my pastor said? It is your money. You may do whatever you like with it. Come on, Gary, let's go. We got around the corner and I felt like jumping up and down. I never had so much joy in all my life. You don't want to hit him anymore? No, I don't want to hit him. I said, it's good. What, what happened, Brother Gary? The black, the black book here, the Holy Bible. Huh? You already know what God wants you to do, and you're just not going to do it, because you're telling God it won't work. God, <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you. My ways will help you have it. Okay. He's overcome the world. Follow me, and you can overcome too. Be a good in the world. And I give you peace, not as the world. The world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome this place. Well, I'd have to humble myself. That's so humiliating. God gives grace to the humble. If I hadn't obeyed the Bible, that shouldn't come out of my head. You ever ask God something and first comes to your mind, so oh, I ain't going to do that. Well, you did ask me. I don't want to do that. Well, come on. You don't expect it to be your ways. It's going to have to be somebody from heaven's way, God's way, the one who made us. It says, be of good cheer. I've overcome this place. Hey, thanks for listening. Take some problem you have right now, apply God's principle to it, and see how God works. Uh, you're going to have the joy of obeying the Bible. Do it with the right spirit. Some problems are so big you may have to fast. Uh, take something like maybe you're somebody who makes you mad every time you think about something they've done to you. Uh, they might be a relative. It uh, might be somebody at work. And pray for that person. You say, I can't do that. You can do that. Because Jesus asked us to. And he said, pray for them which despitefully use you. See what happens when you begin to pray for them. You stop being angry. And every other time you get angry, just start praying for that person or that situation and see how it leaves you. And God will bless you.